Hi everyone, welcome to episode 67 of Mompreneur Space live show. I'm Kenneth Chu, the host and also the author of Mother Industrialist, Perfecting the Balance Between Motherhood and Business Success. I've been running my own digital marketing agency um, called KC Creative Marketing for the past five years. And with this new season, I hope to give more value to my viewers. I will still be bringing a different, inspiring and successful mompreneur each week to share their insights with all the other mompreneurs and also aspiring mompreneurs uh, so that they can be inspired and learn from. And during this live show, you will be able to post your question in the comment section and we will address them at the end of the show. So let's get the show started. So today I have this really, really awesome guest um, that I really miss her so much. Why would I say that? Because I met her in one of my publisher's book camp and she was the senior publishing consultant and that was the first time that I met her and truly her personality shine. Uh, she's very fun, funny. Uh, she always make me laugh. Um, she's really fun, a fun person that you hang out with. But uh, when I get to know her more, um, it's even she's more like a dear to me. And uh, she's a she's an author. Uh, she's also a speaker and an empowerment educator. Uh, with our publisher, uh, Black Card Books, she's a senior publishing consultant and also a senior business coach. Uh, and what she basically done is to help us author to become entrepreneur. Uh, basically to help us to run our entrepreneurial business and she basically guide us from there as a business coach so and at the same time i uh, she's a mompreneur with two beautiful children so without further ado let us welcome lisa hi lisa hey thank you kenneth for the lovely introduction thank you i <laughs> think i'm gonna just carry that around all the time and <laughs> definitely if you definitely. want to introduce me yeah you are thank worth you. to have that introduction so um uh, like I mentioned to you, there's a tradition of Mompreneur Space live show is that we have this question of the day that before any guest gets started, uh, they have to answer this. So are you ready to answer the question of the day posted by the previous guest so that we can officially kickstart the show? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, I'm not, ready. It's not that hard. Yeah, you are ready. <laughs> so um, the question of the day posted by the previous guest is, what can you do today to change tomorrow? Okay, I say it again. Uh, what is, what can you do today to change tomorrow? So spend some time to think about it while I go on to Facebook Live to see if we are live successfully and uh, maybe to say hi to those who are tuning in. So I'll come back to you later. The question of the day posted by the previous guest is, what can you do today to change tomorrow? I think one of the, what we, what we have to do is first of all, is to have gratitude for today. There's so many things that, you know, we, we get so busy in our lives and, and sometimes we're not always happy, but there's so many things that we can be grateful for, even for just breathing, uh, for having a bed to sleep in. Um, <laughs> because when we start with gratitude, it's going to set the tone for the rest of the day and it's going to set the tone for us planning for the next day. Hmm. Um, I think that's, that's one of the main things you should uh, start with uh, to be able to change your day for tomorrow. And I think having a vision what do you want to accomplish tomorrow or what do you want to have in your day, whether that's visiting a friend or, or uh, finishing uh, a work goal. Um, for us, it's good to sometimes not have plans, but it's also good to create goals because when we create goals, we can get closer to the vision that we want to move forward to. Hmm. 
Wow, that is that is a very good answer to question of the day. And now we can officially kickstart with the show. So before we um, bring you back, uh, we have some guests that's tuning in. I'm now trying to see their message. So we have Karen, we have Benguat. Uh, she's one of our uh, author to be. Uh, she's in our our IAP program, and oh, also nice. um, she's someone that I knew in in Malaysia. Yeah, so, uh, during the Malaysia book camp that Jerry was there, and also okay, I see Penguin. I see there's Tony that's coming in. There's Sue that's tuning in. Thank you guys for tuning in and um to support uh, Lisa and Lisa. Maybe uh for those who are new to you, maybe you can do a short introduction of yourself. Uh, what were you doing previously, and uh, what are you currently doing? And where are you from? Because we do have international audience all around the world that's tuning in. So do uh, maybe do a short introduction of yourself. Sure. <clears throat> well, actually, I'm coming all the way from Toronto, Canada. Wow. Uh, so I'm really um, happy and um, um, feel privileged to be able to speak to, speak to you, Kenneth, and, and to everyone that you're connected with, especially out, out your end of the world, which I think is beautiful when I visited there. So how did I start off? Well, um, I know you're going to get into this uh, a little bit later, but I, uh, many, many, many years ago, I was uh, in a relationship and it, it ended. And um, it was a very uh, difficult time in my life. I, a lot of chaos and anxiety. And I was, I, not only was I starting over in that relationship, it was sort of a wake up calling starting over in my life. And what did I what did I want to do? I was, I, I used to be in a, a different type of field. I was a graphic designer many years ago. Wow, I didn't and, know that. <laughs> yeah. And um, I enjoyed it, but it was, I had done it for a long time. And, and when that relationship ended, it's just like, what else in my life? I'm not feeling satisfied. And so I floundered a lot, but I stumbled up, I ended up going back to school. And I ended up, I went back to school and I became, I trained as a psychotherapist in um, a specific kind. It's called an expressive art psychotherapist. Mm. And through that, I, you know, uh, went and I, I worked for different agencies and I worked with all different types of people and children. And, and then I went off my own and I had my own practice. And then I, I found that I started to attract a lot of people who were going through a divorce separation. And it made me think of my own experience of, of, of starting over and how tragic that was and how what I was going through. But it also made me think of my my parents uh, divorce. They were together for over 25 years. But sadly, um, that had to end. My, my mother had to end that. And I remember what it was like for her starting over. And it was very difficult and she didn't have the support. And I thought, you know what, this this is the tribe that I want to work with. This is a tribe that I want to serve. So I decided, okay, this is who I'm going to concentrate on. And <clears throat> this is who I want to work with, which was great. The only problem was I knew I wanted to work with these people, but no one knew that, um, that or these people didn't know I wanted to work with them. So it was having the difficulty of, of how could I find this tribe or how, how can I have let them find me? And then lo and behold, I came across a, um, an event that you actually also attended 
Yep. Uh, at a different time. And this was about um, writing a book and using a book as a tool to get people to to know about you, to get your tribe to know about you and to build your business. So I end up writing um, a book called, it's the upcoming book, it's called, are you ready for it, everyone? It's called The Gift of Divorce. Wow. But it's really, it's really about the subtitle. Um, it's about how the ending of your relationship can be the beginning hmm. of finding your true path in life. And I, I always joke, I'm not promoting divorce. Um, it's a tragic, tragic event. Um, but do you want to, you know, pick up the pieces and just keep doing the same patterns? Or do you really want to get clear? You know, what do you want to do with your life? You know, how do you want to live it? Who do you want to live it with? And and it's about really rediscovering who you are and rediscovering what you want and giving you tools uh, to go in that direction. So that's really what the book is about. Mm. It's about finding the gift in this tragic event and what you can, um, what can be the next mountain you will climb that will have rewards for you and help you to live a more fulfilling life. Wow. And, and, and I'm just curious, like, how did you move from like from a graphic design to the expressive art therapies? Like, is it because it's related? That's why you can be a therapist or you have to take something? Because this is like a new term to me or maybe to a lot of audience out there. And also, um, we today tonight is really, really um, uh, crowded because we have more people coming in. Uh, maybe we can say hi to Lisa. Uh, we have Sherry. Uh, Sherry is also one of our Black Card Books author. Uh, that I've connected. Nice. Uh, uh, she's one of the mom prenom, and she also had her book. Uh, so we have a lot of um, uh, how should play our family backup backup books family Yay. coming on board. Yeah, and also Lisa, <laughs> one of the mom prenoms, is watching. So um, maybe you can share with, like how how did you transit from a graphic designer to a uh, expressive art therapist, and what does expressive art therapist do? Because it's pretty sure. new over here. Well. One of the things that you have to, if you want to create your future, you have to really start dreaming and really think, you know, what, you know, when I was young, what, what did I enjoy doing? What did I, what did I like about life? What, what was fun for me? And so when I asked that question to myself, I realized, well, you know, art creativity was always a big part of my life. And that's why I went into uh, graphic design. Mm. And I thought, well, I, when I was in, when I was younger, I, you know, when I was in high school, I always loved art, but my other love was psychology. And I thought, gee, I wonder if there's a way to marry the two. And at that point, I, you know, you got the internet now and I came across art therapy and art therapy is about, you know, working with um, pencils and, and drawing and paint. But through that, I discovered expressive art therapy and the difference is art therapy again just concentrates more on the visual art mm. and expressive art therapy um, focuses on all the different modalities so art modalities so that could be drama that could be writing which is which is creativity um, that can be dance which is movement and of course the visual art and and voice and what expressive so it encompasses all of those and what expressive art therapy is, is when you uh, go to a psychotherapist to, to work on, you know, we all have issues um, or we're stuck in, in something. And when you go to a traditional psychotherapist, uh, you, you know, you'll speak, which is, which is great. But sometimes when we're speaking, our ego gets in the way mm -hmm. and our ego wants to speak for us. 
So when we introduce some art exercises, and you do not have to be a creative person, you can do stick figures. It's, it's not about the end, end result, it's about the process. When we introduce different art exercises, and I can give an example in a minute, what happens is we get out of our head and go into our body and we go into a much deeper level. And I almost say it's like the voice of your soul. You're able to express that part. You're able to move past the ego and what's really bothering you or things you weren't able to see will come out in the artwork. And then with the expressive art therapy, we may start with a, um, a visual drawing and we might then you know, uh, create a poem from that drawing or create a dance from that drawing. Um, and again, it's not like I, uh, you know, we do a draw and all of a sudden we're, we're doing some kind of disco <laughs> dance. It doesn't start like that. We might start with just moving your pinky, but it's a process and it's really helped us to, to go beyond our, our ego and to get really deeper into our soul to express and to change, to move what, what we need to work on. Wow. So that, that is why, that is what I remember you as because the first time I met you, you were like, you you're very bubbly. You you move around a lot, and whenever <laughs> you you're very expressive. All I can say, like like during um this this interview, right? You're moving all around. Your microphone, your body is moving. You're such an expressive person, and and how did that uh convert? Uh, because you also have another role, which is a neuro strategist. What is that that term? Is like. I've never heard of maybe something to do with the brain and, and you strategize it or something like that. A, a neurostrategist? Yeah, what is it? Well, again, it's it's knowing about, so I work with the body body and mind, body, mind, and soul. So mm. a neurostrategist is learning um, how the mind works. So, you know, if I can help you to create new newer pathways mm. uh, that's going to help us to change patterns and how we're how we normally live so mm. i have tools that will help us to basically a neural pathway in our brain our brain makes new connections so it's almost like going through if uh going through a forest sometimes if we're trying to uh create a new habit or we're trying to move in a new direction in life it's like a very thick it's very hard and difficult and sometimes you just want to turn back and you don't want to follow through or it's just it's really hard so i have tools to kind of help us to clear that path in the forest because the wider we make that path it's the wider that neural pathway is is getting in our brain and then it's easier for it to create for us to create that habit mm, that that sounds really very in-depth like you have really studied like like you know about uh, that, does that come in handy when you coach people? Like you, you are a senior business coach and also a senior publishing consultant that deals with a lot of authors who want to be entrepreneur. Does it help a lot? Oh, yes. Because especially, if, I'm sure the authors who are on this call right now, uh, especially those who have taken um, the Black Heart Book Program, it's, you know, we're really excited at first and we want to do this, but then the ego comes in and it's exactly what happens. The yep. ego wants to keep us, the ego's not a bad guy. The ego really just wants to keep us safe. It, it may not be happy where they're at, where it's at in life, but it knows what to expect. So as we grow and as we try to stretch and, and, and uh, you know, become an author, for example, to, mm. to draw, to try and, and, and accomplish something, our ego doesn't know what's on the other side. So it comes up with all these excuses. It comes up with, 
you know, oh, I'm not good enough, or this is too hard, or, or, you know, this, this isn't my fault, you know, I can't do this. Um, so knowing to speak with an author and, and educating them on things like this, then they're able to stand back and say, oh, okay, you know what? I, yeah, I am having these thoughts. Oh, and that's normal. And this is why it's happening. So when we're aware and we know why things happen, then we can stand back and say, okay, so this is normal. And if I want to move over to this next step in my life, I have to, these are the steps I'm going to have to take. So it's, it's really about educating ourselves. So yeah, definitely. Whether I'm helping a, um, a client in psychotherapy or I'm helping our authors move through the program, mm. you know, there's a, a lot of, you know, they'll take three steps forward, one step back. Yep. It's really something you can apply in, in all parts of our lives. Wow. So I, I, I can see the relation. So other than being the senior publishing consultant and also the senior business coach, are you doing other stuff? You have your own uh, business going or you are just in... in... Oh my God, do I have other stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, which is a great topic I know we're going to talk on today. Correct. So yeah, so I, I, um, I do coaching for the um, for Black Card Books, for the, uh, the, the coaching, the senior coaching for our um, clients, which I love. Um, but I also do have my other business, right? Which is, it's called The Gift of Divorce. Hmm. Um, so I also do see my, my psychotherapy clients as well as I'm in the process of creating um, my, own, my, my own podcast. Hmm. So there is, um, I'm pulled in a lot of directions, um, but yeah, my, my, my plate is full. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that also brings, uh, brings us to the topic of the day, which is how to balance motherhood and business without guilt. So you have two beautiful kids. How old are they now? Yeah, that, that's the other thing I was going to say that I, I didn't mention is, and on top of all that, I have two children. <laughs> so, the, and they're home during this coronavirus, so I'm also tutoring them, especially one of them. So, um, my, son is, uh, my son is 11, and my mm. daughter is 13. Wow. Yeah. So and especially now, I think for all mothers too, at this time, I mean, fathers too, but yeah. I know sometimes moms tend to do a lot more of this, uh, the tutoring. I'm not sure what's happening. It's uh, the same. In, we have yeah. the, what we call the home-based learning, but yeah, because the parents are also working from home. So uh, we came up with a term called parent-based learning because the parents has to learn how to help their kids to do home-based learning. So to help them on Zoom, to help them on the modules, to really tutor them. So that's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work. Uh, but I'm, yeah. I'm pretty blessed that my daughter is really independent. She can do all the stuff. She's familiar with that. She's quick. And, How old and is she? Uh, 11. 11. The same age yes. as your, was it your daughter? 11? No, see, this is the thing. My maybe it's not so much an age thing as a, a sex thing. My my daughter is thirteen, and and I really don't have to do much with mm, her. She's pretty but, on the ball. I'll double check. But my son and I <laughs> forget about the stress of coronavirus. <laughs> the stress of uh, teaching your children. My son is a different story. Yeah, but so so that's where um, I, I realized that because for me maybe I have one one kid and she's a daughter, it's easier. And because since young, we have like kind of trained her to have that what we call the champion mindset. She's very independent. She, love, she loves learning. 
she has that interest in learning because it was built up uh, because we sent her to an enrichment program that uh, really helps her in in enjoying learning so even like the school homework every day she came back from school she would do a homework by herself we don't have Perfect. to shout and scream and all that stuff which is what i see the difference between my daughter and my peers uh, children because um they always have like you know you know parents like they always have to nag and scold and whatever it takes to drag them to do their homework to scold them to nag at them then they will do their homework but but i do not have that problem which is very hard like like for you you have two kids like one really very independent your daughter but your son you have to really juggle it and and just now you have shared about that you are handling so many things you're having your uh, psychotherapy clients uh, black card books the authors the coaching you have two kids and you are coming out with a podcast and also your upcoming book you you are juggling so many things so that's where i i want to because when we talk about this topic this topic is something that is very close to my heart because that's what our mother industrialist is all about how to perfectly balance motherhood and business um, successfully and and now with something which is called guilt because this is what i realized that a lot of mother even my wife till today she has that but she kind of like let it go like for you how how can someone like we don't talk about motherhood and business talk about motherhood how how can one mom's um, do without guilt like in motherhood like from you especially you are a, a trained therapist uh, in psycho, in uh, like a neuro strategist, how can how can that help? Because when you talk about the ego, I believe the ego also speaks the guilt side. Yeah, so maybe yes. you can share with us like how can mothers uh, live with no guilt in motherhood? Well, first of all, I like to say as as you know as maybe our mothers would say, do as I say, don't do as I do, because. Mm. Because sometimes, I mean, uh, when I'm in my work mode, of course, I can I can offer some great strategies, um, you know, for uh, for people, for mothers. But sometimes when you're in it yourself, you know, we're not perfect. We're humans. And, you know, it's not, uh, you know, I don't have all the answers. Of course, I do experience guilt from time to time. Um but the difference is I am aware of that and I do something about it. So I think that's one thing we have to, uh, I want to, you know, share is mm. it's not like you can ever get rid of guilt. It is part of the ego. Um, and it's also, and I'm just going to speak, uh, I'm sure it's for both parents, but I'll, as a mother, as a woman, I'll just speak from that perspective mm. is that's ingrained in us. You know, we, we want to give so much to our children. Yet, as women entrepreneurs, we, you know, we're, we're trying to, um, there's something in us that we want to reach and obtain too. So how can we take care of our needs, which is not being selfish because we do need to take, you know, when we take care of our own needs, then we have more to give to others. So how can we take care of our own needs and, and go towards our own goals, yet still balance um, reaching those goals we have as a mother? Um, and it, it's a balancing act. And sometimes some days are better than others. But I think what happened is you have to be aware of when you're having that guilt. And then if you are having that guilt, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, for, you know, uh, sometimes you know, sometimes I would get guilty over the amount of time I might be working because I'm trying to uh, get something launched. Um, 
and and feeling like oh you know i can't go outside and, and play with my son who's asking me to play basketball so what i what i realized too is it's not always it's not always about the length of time it really is about the quality so even if you can take everyone needs to take a 15 minute break from their office you know you you need to get up so if i can schedule that time in and know that okay i'm going to do two you know at least two times throughout that day especially now because they're home a lot more too right you know if i can even just take that 15 minutes and be with them it really makes a difference because in their memories they're they're remembering the, the they don't really see it as 15 minutes they just remember that time mom would play basketball with me when it was really only 15 minutes but because it's reoccurring you know it helps um and I think the other thing, too, is sometimes we, uh, the guilt is a little out of perspective of what's really going on. There has been times where I'm feeling I'm, I'm really working hard and I think I should be with them. And they're actually enjoying themselves together, playing a game. <laughs> so I think that's to be, to be aware, too. Um, not to over Processing. blow things out of proportion. Yeah. Not to blow things out of proportion, but to, and and then the other thing is to, okay, if you are having that guilt, what is something you can do productive for the next time so it doesn't happen again? Yeah, and and you, you talk about the productive time and also quality quality versus quantity because I realized that a lot of times um, the moms feel guilty of not spending more time, especially for working moms because mm-hmm. by the time they came back uh, they come back home there's only little time and the kids has to um, head for bed to prepare for next day school and as most working moms uh, they don't end work early so by the time they reach home they're really tired but the kids finally can see the mother and they were like screaming mommy mommy today i met this class classmate and they want to tell them stuff but a lot of times as human you mentioned as human we don't even have time for ourselves, especially for mothers. So they are so hard on themselves. Um, they they want to breathe, and just at that moment, that split second that the child went to them and say, "Mommy, I want to tell you something." They say, "Can you leave me alone? I need some time on my own." And that that guilt would start from there. And by the time when the kids um, went to bed, they will start crying and say, "Wow, I should not have done that." And I believe that this will bottle down. Uh, like snowball and became something so what can you share with your mother like if such things happen how should they react well first of all uh, uh, children love um oh what is my goodness i can't think of the word children love when you do so, uh like a routine mm. they really do what what's coming next i mean so even that bedtime routine if you're taking even 15 minutes with them you know, even before they get ready to go to bed or when it's when they're in their bed, if that is a consistent time, that's your time to be, be that child. And that child thinks about, they remember that time yeah. when they're old, they're like, oh, story. yeah, I remember. Yeah, the bedtime story or what happened during your day. Hmm. <clears throat> I also think that, you know, sometimes we'll ask our kids, um, oh, what you do today? And they go, oh, nothing. And then we think, why am I even asking this? But it's not so much the point that of what the response is. They still want to be asked yep. because it's showing that you're paying attention to them, mm. right? And I, I, I think that's more of the important thing. But I, the, the routine, that's the word I was trying to think mm. of. It's establishing that routine. So even when they have that time and they want to tell you, 
tell you that story and maybe you can at that time if you if you're consistent with your routines yep. when you are scheduling that time with them that's what's really important because then they're always going to expect that and they always know that mom will be there for me mm. at that bedtime or at that morning or even the other last thing is sometimes you know you could help with making dinner sometimes i find it's even quicker if you do it yourself but even if they're in there with you telling me that story or or talking with you while you're making the the, the dinner it's just those special moments it's, it's they add up yeah and then you mentioned something that is uh, very important that i want to emphasize on especially for those who are tuning in uh is that you mentioned about the routine and consistent because a lot of time um they most mothers that I, I come across with, they are so worried about the amount of time they are spending. But you mentioned this word consistent. So like the 15 minutes, it can be like five minutes telling them a story or hearing them out what they have happened to school, in, uh, happened in school. I guess that is good enough because like my daughter, um, she always have the habit to listen or to play a, a deck of cards before the sleep. So it's about the consistent that that they will always remember. Hey, mommy, play this with me. Mommy, speak, uh, talk about this book, and it's consistent. It's not like once in the blue moon. And you you mm. mentioned something about um, making it as a routine, and when you make it as a routine, meaning that the kids is as important, because a lot of times I see a lot of children start drifting from their ch- parents because the parent position their work more important than talking to them or listening to them. And, and that's where uh, something that I've always shared with the mompreneurs or um, the mummies that I've talked to or I coach or I mentor is to be 100% present. Because mm-hmm. when, you, when, you, when you set it as a routine, as a schedule, you schedule it, you're making the time. And you, when you make the time, you are there 100%. Because every, da- every time, uh, 15 minutes before that, you make time. So in that 15 minutes, you have no... Uh, in, you are not playing with your phone. You are not answering your messaging and all that. You are just focusing on them, and and that is where the quality comes. So, do do you think that that is very important for kids, especially coming from a growing stage? Oh, I, I absolutely. You know, um, sorry. There's uh, two things I want to say. Uh, what was the first thing? The first thing is, you know, sometimes we, you know. We're doing it, you know, we're working hard. We're doing it for our family. But we don't think of the, exactly what you're saying is we don't think of the effects. Um, yes, we're, we're, we're putting in those extra hours. We're, we're trying to close those deals or make that extra money to give more to our children. And sometimes we think giving more might be monetary also. But sadly, I, I know I, I work with this family and you know, the, the, the parents worked uh, a lot of hours. Their heart was in the right place. They were trying to give a better life to their children. So they would leave the, the older daughter and son uh, to look after their, they had twins to look after them. And the older daughter and son, you know, they were young teenagers. And the son, he ended up getting into a gang and he ended up getting into a lot of trouble because he didn't have that parental guidance. He didn't have that contact with him. Yeah. And it's not like the parents had to be there all the time, but he didn't even really have that communication because they work so much. And that's a prime example is, you know, yes, we want to have a better house. Yes, we want to be able to give our, our kids those those tools that the other kids have. But in the long run, you know, the love we give and the attention we give is, is more important. The other thing I just wanted to say that you touched on earlier too is, 
the consistency and um, the routine. What I end up doing, because I did feel like guilt sometimes mm. is, um, and I, I only do it monthly. I still do stuff with my kids on the, you know, throughout the week. But once a month, I will do something special with, with each of them, mm. whether I take them to a, uh, Dina. I forget this jumping thing. I okay. forget what it is. <laughs> or laser tag. Yeah, trampoline thing. Yep. Depending on my son's more like that. My daughter would like just mm. to go shopping. It's like a date. It's like a date with them. Yeah. And having that special date with them individually. And they, they kind of know, like, oh, once a month we do that, right? Yeah. Again, it's that private time that you, you have to share with them. And um, I think for me, I, I know they look forward to it. Yeah, and and, yeah. and and this this is something that I heard from another mom. You know, she has three boys, and out of these three boys, there's a pair of twins. So she does this like a a, a date night with one of the son every month, and yeah. and I love that. And she has uh, her kids are now twenty one and twenty two years old, and she has been doing that. And uh, frankly speaking, she's also a single mom, but she's she's a single mom not by choice because the husband uh passed away in the accident. And mm. it's overseas So for her when she shared that uh, Even until now Like her boys are 21, 22 she are, She's still very close to them She always have this date night Like she will uh, go dinner with one of them Because she realized that Every child is different And if you have three, three kids Or three children If you How should you put it If you face them, three of them at one time You're not able to give them that quality time She believed and like what you mentioned, you will spend time with your son when what your son likes may not may not be something that your daughter likes. So maybe your yes. son likes more games, more active stuff. Your daughter may like another sort. So you can spend time to really understand what they truly love and truly like. And they can share that with you. But having like my, my siblings around with me, how can I show to mommy that I like this? So that what what you did is I I believe that the mummies here can really take away, <laughs> you know the best thing I my my wife is tuning into our life. <laughs> oh great! Yeah, because I think the guilt the guilt topic really <laughs> captured them, and we have Ria. Ria is one of the uh, I think Black Cup Books um, mm -hmm. project manager. I do not know whether you remember her. Yeah, so so that that is one way that I believe that the audience can really, uh, I would say. Lessen the guilt or really spend more time with the children. It's not about the the length of time. Like you mentioned, once a month, once a month, a uh, a uh, and uh, uh, afternoon will be good. Like yeah. bring them down for a lunch day, and you have maybe have a movie and stuff like that. So even like my my wife and daughter, I do that. Let them have that uh, date time. Like for me, I will go um, bring my daughter out for her scooter ride to let her play. Yeah, so these are time and recently because I also have my YouTube channel like we are so bored so we came up with like a drawing challenge so I used to draw a lot so we just did uh, like two episodes of each character so you like, oh, nice. like she drew her favorite character I drew her favorite character it was like uh, uh, Steven from Steven Universe it's a cartoon anime so we yeah. did that and we draw another character she loved it so much and she can't wait to for the next challenge so this is something that i feel that is quality time although most of the time i'm at work like for you uh, even for as a senior publishing consultant you get to travel all around the world uh and and that will also means that you do not have much time with them but mm -hmm. but i believe that the the bonding everything comes from the quality and not Absolutely. just for the quantity yeah and, and with that i believe they also understand that mommy need to work but mommy will also make time uh 
for them to listen to them to to be there with them yeah one one exercise that moms and dads can do with their their child because it really helps them to come up with it helps you to see how they want to spend time with you too is to create a bucket list like mm. let's say hey the summer's coming up what you know what is something that we can do to fill up the summer maybe it's going to go maybe it's going to go to the beach maybe it's watching a movie maybe it's picking uh painting rocks mm. uh, it could be something a little bit bigger or simple as as you know spending uh spending an hour watching the clouds and making you know making up a story but let them help encourage them. What would they like? To, what's mm. what do they want to do on their bucket list this summer? Right. Yeah. Um, it gives us something to look forward to. And it also gives you guys ideas, gives the parents ideas what they can do with their children and what their children want to do. Yeah. And, and you mentioned something to let them dictate what they want to do. That is very important because I see a lot of parents want to do what they want. Like I want my kids yeah. to go for this. I want my kids to go for that. But is that yeah. what your, your children wants? Yes, so or some- sometimes you're absolutely right. Or sometimes they think they make up what they think the child might want to do. And sometimes yep. a child just wants to hang out with you. Correct. And and they just maybe want to watch a movie with you uh, over Netflix and that's it. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to, don't have to get out and stuff like that. I, I mm-hmm. believe this is something that um, I've also learned uh, from people like uh, Gary Vee was saying that a lot of times the parents wants to wants to do things for their children for other people to show to other people for example why do i send my daughter to ballet because i want to show to other people other parents or my relative and siblings that hey i'm letting my daughter learn ballet it's like more like rubbing their own ego the pride and stuff like that or maybe it could be because these are things that they couldn't do back then when they were young, the family wasn't able to. And that became like a subconscious effort. Mm-hmm. That's why when the children say, Mommy, I do not want to learn ballet anymore, and it crushes them. Because mm. it is something that they wanted to do back then. They couldn't. They pinned the hope on the children. And that's where I felt that the guilt will come from there. Because the yes. guilt of them themselves, not on the kids. In fact, themselves, the guilt of not able to become a ballet dancer because of environment because of family that's why they couldn't so i see that a lot of this type of pattern um do you have that uh, when you talk to your clients especially uh, if they are mothers or parents that have oh absolutely well absolutely and that's just it is is that awareness right you have to become a you know if you're disappointed that your child your child really doesn't want to do something and you're really making them do it uh, now of course this is if it's different it has to do with school you know we have to get those you know help them to learn something but if it's um something like ballet or in our case it was it was hockey uh, oh, my okay. partner my partner he loved hockey like i'm I'm very stereotypical, uh, being stereotypical here in Canada, but it was true. And he couldn't get enough. He was out every day, up, you know, since he was a little boy, 5 a.m., go to practice. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Couldn't wait to share that with our son. Mm. Um, but our son has a different personality. And, um, you know, we, we tried a few times, but he just was not interested and so my my husband my partner he had to let go because he realized it was something that he wanted 
Mm. Um, but that's good because he realized it was him. And and what you're saying is, you know, for those people, parents out there, if you're really upset um, and trying to make your child do something, you have to ask yourself, why is this so important to me? Yep. Why do I need them to do this? And if you come to the realization, hold wait, 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 wait a minute, that's that was my dream. Then it's going to be easier to let go of the guilt mm. um, and let your child uh, explore something that they want to explore. Yeah, because uh, I, re- I realize a lot of times, um, especially on Facebook, you will see, oh, they have like parents very proud. They show the result of their kids. Sometimes if you we really dig deep into that, it's really their own self, but they are not aware. And in mm-hmm. fact, one of the parents, uh, her name, uh, Lisa, she says that she agree and also the kid do not feel the need to outshine other siblings uh, while one-on-one, especially just mm-hmm. now we talk about the date. So they don't have to fight like the sibling rival that we always know. But going back is to, like you mentioned, the very important thing is the awareness. Why are the parents feeling sad or disappointed? And I always say that when there's expectation, there's disappointment. So for me, in anything I do, yeah, especially my loved ones, I have no expectation because I do not want disappointment. Um, like even for my wife, even for my daughter. Because if we set expectation on them, that will become stress for them. And would we want to stress our kids like how our parents stressed us back then? Yeah, so that's where you talk about awareness to really ask like why are we sad? Why are we disappointed? Is it coming from us? Is it something that we wanted back then when we were a child? Or we have already, like, especially academic-wise? Yeah. The other thing, uh, just to add to that, and sometimes those thoughts, it, it might not even be yourself as a child, but what were your parents planting in your head? Yeah. You know, sometimes the way we parents is just automatically, well, that's how it was. Well, does that's how it was when we were a child, but does it have to be this way now? So it's questioning those, those, those rules that we have. Sometimes they are valid and other mm. times, oh, is it important? Yeah. You know, and can we change it? And, and, since we talk about this, right, like what is being passed down by parents, I just want to hear from you, right? Do you believe that um, the cane is important? Like the pain? Like do you have to assert like like caning of your kids, like punishing them by rather than using love? So which side are you at? If let's say my, my, my oh, dad oh, did you mean, that. Oh, to spanking you mean? Yeah, spanking, yeah. Like spanking? Um do what I feel it's it? okay? So <laughs> my that take also is have that have that guilt that will also create the guilt and and oh absolutely. And my take on it is uh, if I want to spank, that's really for me to release. It's not helping my child. Mm. And trust me, there's there's moments um, where I you know I start you know I start off. I'm sure we all do. We practice those. You know, is that right? Yes. Let's count to three. And how does that make you feel? And we start off really good. Yeah. You know, and 15 minutes later, the child is still screaming and not answering you. And as humans, you know, we can lose it. You know, it's great to, you you know, uh, definitely you need to leave the room and take your own time out. But I've had times, of course, when I, 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 and I, I don't, um, you know, and it really depends on your upbringing. My mom just had to yell at me. So that's, 
I was never spanked. Mm. So that's why I don't spank, although I feel like it sometimes. Um, but the reason I'm, I'm feeling like it isn't, you know, at first I may think it's to make him listen, but it's really because I'm so frustrated uh, when we're spanking. And this is my perspective, right? Everyone's going to have their own perspective. It's not really teaching them the consequence, mm. right? It's giving them a pain, but is it really teaching them? Um, you know, if you do, if you don't do this, you're, then I'm going to take away the electronic and mm. then they're going to feel that pain. So, you know, it's a personal choice. Uh, emotionally, yes, I feel like it sometimes, but I don't feel that that would be the, uh, as an effect, that's not going to be as an effective for him, mm. as effective for him. Uh, it might feel good for me for that moment mm. of release. Um, and notice I'm just talking about my son. <laughs> I get he's it. He's pretty good. Mm -hmm. He's just, but he's like me sometimes. I think that's the other thing too, is our children, what kind of personalities do they have? And sometimes if they're closer to our own personalities, they, they you know. They get, your, get you on the nerve, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so saying, um, having said that, um, do you believe that some kids, they need the hard, the hard um, treatment than the soft treatment? Meaning that you need to spank them, then they will listen. Uh, do you really believe that there are some kids that really need the hard treatment rather than the soft treatment? Well, Kenneth, actually, one of my jobs when mm. I when I became a psychotherapist, I worked for the um, um, Children's Development Institute here yep. in Canada. So we worked with extremely uh, children who were bullies or who would who were bullied. Mm. So it was, it was actually during that time where I was really educated, and I, I and I saw these extremely um, uh, not well behaved, and there was issues. Mm. I mean, if they're not well behaved, there's there's sometimes issues yeah. around that too. That's something you have to question, right? Um, and we go into and but what they did is what I was taught is even those ones who had were really um, crazy challenging. Mm -hmm. Let's just say okay. Um, if we if we applied those consistent mm. rules um, or not even rules those that consistent strategy about not raising your voice and say I hear you, mm -hmm. but this is the consequence. You know the consequence, yep. and let them sit there and have their temper tantrum. If you're just consistent and saying this is you know this is the rule and this is the consequence and you follow through the consequence they do uh they're able to calm themselves down mm. and do that consequence and they do over eventually they learn that time so maybe in the past i i might have said yeah i think some kids do need more but because of that experience i actually saw um the results of of when you are consistent hmm. with the consequence with the rules that will happen if they don't do this and they are aware of that themselves um, you do see a lot of results. Yeah, and that that results. really thank you for sharing because you have that experience to work with all these challenging um, childrens and maybe rebellious youth and stuff like that. It's really thankful that you share this part because I, uh, I once heard that if you want to discipline a kid or make it habitual for a kid, you have to at least show them at least seven times that you are, you are calm you are serious about what you say and you meant what you say a lot of time parents after the third time oh, okay just forget it i give up after the yeah. third time and the kids get over them right or you say i'm going to take this away and then you don't yep. because you want to keep giving them chances Correct. the thing is if you're strict 
strict in what you say in the beginning, the first two or three or four times, even though it might hurt you and you might feel that guilt, um, in the long run, it is better. I just want to give one little exercise um, mm. that people might, uh, especially if they're between um, six and 12, especially. If, you, if there are certain habits you want them to break, um, that you're not happy with or that you want them to do, uh, you know, that routine of brushing their teeth and brushing their hair. You make a little reward chart with, mm. actually, you get them to make the chart, but you help get them what you want them to do yeah. um, and start them with reward stickers. Yeah. And and if they don't, they get that sticker taken away. Yeah. But at the end of the week, you know, they get a reward and they get to come up. You guys get to pre-plan that together, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So what is that reward at the end of the week? And then at the end of the month, what's yeah. that bigger reward? And kids like getting reward, that sticker. Like to exchange yeah, like for more rewards. time for game time or maybe yeah. get a new toy and stuff like that. I, I used to do that with or my sometimes daughter. It, sometimes it's even like an, a story time, that extra time with that parent. Yeah. You know, you get that extra story or you get to go out together or whatever it is. Yeah, you, you are so, very you are so right. Yeah, it's, it's about putting the effort to come up with something to really engage with them. And that is like it may be painful in the beginning, but it will turn out really, really good. Like the streak. Yeah. Like the streak and also being uh, consistent and being uh, men. Huge. You have to mean what you say. Yeah. Because kids don't, don't listen to you. They see what you do. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. true. Absolutely. So ab about that, uh, about the guilt and all, all that stuff. And. And uh, I'm also very interested like uh, about your book because you say that the gift of divorce and like a lot of us, we feel that uh, like divorce is always uh, not a very good thing. But how, how can it have a gift? Like where is the gift coming from? Maybe you can share a bit about that. Yeah. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I'm not promoting divorce. It's, it's, it's when I say the gift of divorce is this is a tragic event that happens in someone's life. So what from that experience from that tragic experience from that pain what is the gift what did you learn about yourself that's one aspect the of awareness. what what did you learn about yourself you know did you did you learn like you for years you you didn't did you, you know you let your values get stepped on and then finally you made the decision to leave you felt a lot of guilt but you made the decision to leave but you stood up for yourself like mm. that's a huge gift to be able to stand up for yourself you know, or then was it a gift because you finally became independent and you, you went on that trip, that hiking trip uh, uh, into Europe or, or you learned a new skill that you never would have done before um, if you were still married. So mm -hmm. that is the gift. The gift of divorce was it allowed you to, and that's what I teach too. It's about, this is now a time to get your second breath. Yeah. And really think about vision, the kind of life you really want to create in your life and you really want to lead and then taking the steps to go in that direction and to create that vision because that is the gift because of that awful event. Hmm. Now you get to lead a more fulfilling, rewarding life because you care about yourself. That's that's really what it's about. And, and just on when you were saying that I have this idea that this thought that just gave me some goosebump is like this pandemic. Like this COVID nineteen, I thought of like the title, like the gift of pandemic, gift of COVID nineteen, because really, because like like uh, there was one I guess was the two episode before I was talking to one of the mompreneur, and she was saying that this is once once in a lifetime that you get to be with your family like twenty four seven, 
it's really a gift like like husband and wife suddenly more of you are seeing each other every day you get the get get each but uh on each other's nerves but at the same time you get to know hey my my wife works like that she she's very rowdy but i need to work in a side quiet place so this is where we get to know each other more and and also if we treat it as a gift then we we will benefit from that this is what what i like what you have shared and what i've realized that is also a mm-hmm. gift and it's not just being like the word divorce uh the divorce divorce is meaning like separation or even end of something but every i believe that there's always like when one door closes another door opens mm-hmm. which is yes. what i felt that your book the gift of divorce although it's talking about your personal experience but i believe it can be applied to a lot of others um situations scenarios or even uh person like even we we have friends who are going through this this um not a very good moment uh, we may be able to come in handy to really help them to really support them and really let them see the light that there's a gift of it so um and also for your podcast um you you talk about the gift of divorce conversation to heal teach and empower so mm-hmm. uh this is an upcoming podcast that you want <coughs> want to share right so uh maybe you can share with the audience like how can they uh, get connected with you Sure. Well, the podcast, um, the podcast I plan to have in about uh, release in two months, and there's two streams. Um, I'll be, I, I actually will be doing them biweekly, and one is about I'll be interviewing um, people that can serve my target market, right? What are in, in helping them with their desires and their problems, um, and the other stream that I'll do the other second week is actually interviewing people who have gone through a divorce separation, but to hear their story and the hope that they can they can offer. So that's going to be, again, released in about two months. But until that time, to stay in touch with me, you guys can connect with me on facebook.com and go to, well, facebook.com slash giftofdivorce.com. Uh, you can connect with me there. And then when I release the podcast, I'll let everybody know. Yeah, and also stay tuned for Lisa's uh, upcoming book, which is The Gift of Divorce. Um, you can you can get it uh, for your friends who's going through that. Uh, you can always get connected with her. And uh, I've included Lisa's link, um, the, how you can get connected with her in the description. You guys can check it out. And um, Lisa, I really love to have you, but uh, uh, time really flies. And I know that you have to rush for another meeting. Uh, Really would love to have you uh, on the next episode on the next uh, video. So maybe um, like like I mentioned in the in the beginning of the show that every guest get to post the question of the day out to the audience and also to the next guest. So what is your question of the day? Are you ready with it? Yeah, I have. Oh, it's tough. I'm so creative. I have a lot of them, but I think I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna change it to the one we just kind of ended on is. Um, what is what is a what is the gift that you've been during this um, um, uh, this coronavirus? Mm. What is the gift that you've found during this time? Okay, what is the gift that you found during yes. this time? Correct. Yeah. And I also, I just want to add, maybe sometimes, you know, what is that negative that we can turn into a positive? And I'll just give an example. You know, what am I grateful for? What is the gift I see? And I'm joking when I talk about my son because I, I love him, but he's a great example during this 
because we can butt heads. Mm. You know, I'm thankful um, for his lungs, for his healthy <laughs> lungs when he's when we're yelling during our homework, uh, because that is showing me that he has healthy lungs and he is, thank God, not experiencing this coronavirus. So mm. that is what I'm grateful. And that is the gift I'm finding in um when he is expressing those lungs. Okay. So your question, which which one will you be using? Like what is the gift that you found during this period, this time? And that's it? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So the, the, the um, yeah. And I think you can put in brackets if you want. Yeah. What is the gift that you're finding during this? And, and that's basically what I'm trying to say is if you're looking at something negative, how can you find that mm. gift in it? How can okay. you turn it around? Mm-mm-mm. Okay, good. So the question of the day posted by Lisa is, what is the gift that you have found during this time? Okay, so this question of the day goes out to the audience and also to the next guest. And last but not least, uh, Lisa, what is uh, your last advice for mom that uh, intend to pursue their passion or start their business? The first thing I want you to do, okay, this is what I want people to write down, is I want you to write down, when my life is ideal. Mm. And then think of all areas of your life, you know, financial, relationship, spiritual, family, career, and write down something for that. And when you have that, when you have it written down, what you want to create in your life, it's going to be easier to create it. Wow. Thanks a lot for the advice and I'm really very happy to have you uh, and a lot of things that you have shared with us. Um, thank you once again for making time. Thanks, Lisa. And thanks thank for you. those who are still tuning in um, and for those who are watching the replay. Um, thank you, guys. And if you have any questions, you can always post in the uh, comment section and Lisa and I will be more than happy to answer them. And last but not least, um, Kenneth here signing off with Lisa. Thank you for watching Mompreneur Space Live. And I see you guys in the next episode. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone.